Welcome to the Thinking Man Podcast. Think different, be different, make a difference. Welcome to the Thinking Man Podcast. Think different, be different, make a difference. Nelson, welcome again. Happy to be here. All right, so today we are covering uh, part two of The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Uh, based on uh, Marcus Aurelius and his writings. And if you want to know more about that, just listen to the previous podcasts. But the last podcast, we focused on our perception and how we view things and how they obstacles and how they stand in the way of us. So you really got to listen to the first one to get into this one, because we're just going to get started right into it. And the obstacle is the way, and I'm going to read this excerpt. What is action? Action is commonplace. Right action is not. As a discipline, it's not any kind of action that will do, but directed action. And that's what we're talking about today, Nels. Um, Otherwise, we're just going to be philosophers. If all we're doing is talking about how to have a different perception, and then we train everybody and we teach everybody and ourselves, we have a different perception of things. Sure. Well, that's great. What are we doing about it? Right. And that's where we really need to focus today is what are we going to do? And as I said here, there's action. That's common. Those are choices. Common. But right action is not. And the author says it's as a discipline. Not any type of action will do, but directed action. And that directed action means, you know, what is our goal? What are we looking to do? We talk about problems. We talk about the object being in the way. In the way of what? You know, are we on a mission? Do we have a plan? What are we trying to accomplish? Otherwise, we're going to notice the obstacle in the road, but we're not even going down the road because we don't even have a plan. And we end up just being a Monday morning quarterback, just sitting back talking about everything. And people love that. Monday morning after the football games, right, Nels? Oh, it all sounds great. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a recap. You've seen what happened, and 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 it's uh and it for all intents and purposes, it's it's a recap. So so you can make it sound real good. Yeah, John Madden's job was pretty easy. You know, it's after the fact we all get really smart, even with our own lives, right? We'll look back, and it's so easy to figure it out. But at the time, that wasn't necessarily the reality of the situation. So quite often we make the best choice that we're aware of with our, with our perspective. That 2020 perspective is a different view. It did not exist at the time. Exactly. Which is where we learn from our mistakes. Because then that 2020 perspective doesn't have to be backward looking. It could be forward looking. Let's read a little bit more. And let's continue to talk about this. But in our lives, when our worst instincts are in control, we dally. We act frail, powerless to make ourselves better. We may be able to articulate a problem, even potential solutions, but then weeks, months, or sometimes years later, the problem is still there, or it's gotten worse. As though we expect someone else to handle it, as though we honestly believe that there is a chance of obstacles unobstacling 
themselves. I see procrastination there, Nels. I think that's a fun word, actually. Unobstacling itself. I got to use that one. Unobstacling. It feels better to ignore or pretend, but you know deep down that that isn't going to truly make it any better. You've got to act and you've got to start now. We forget in life. It doesn't matter what happens to you or where you came from. It matters what you do with what happens and what you've been given. And the only way you'll do something spectacular is by using it all to your advantage. So it just talks about a world with people full of potential. I was reading a little bit the other day about the Unabomber. Brilliant guy. Brilliant guy. All anybody knows of him is just, you know, a crazy guy that lived out in the woods by himself. Um, but there's many brilliant people that like to be by themselves. Right. This guy just really went off the, off the rails. This guy is so brilliant that if we would have ever read his thesis that he wrote, we couldn't even read it. It was on variances, covariances. I, he was a mathematician, just, a, just a, evidently a tortured genius. But we'll see a world full of people that have potential, but then do nothing with it. And then worse, they become the people that talk about what should have been, what could have been, and why they didn't in the obstacle that was in their way. And that's where us as men, if we're going to think different, be different, make a difference, we don't want to be like everybody else. The world is weak. People are foolish. They're a bunch of sheep. They don't think for themselves. They don't make the right decisions. And when you get a bunch of people that just want to take a conglomerated idea, all you get is usually weakness. You get lukewarm. You don't get the best of what it should be. Look at our political system and what it is. That's based, I mean, that, that mess is all because it's not a system that brings out the best people. Sure. The best people want nothing to do with the politics unless they're really naive. Who wants to go out there, be accused of everything, have every word you've ever said be drummed up out of context, or any mistake that you really did make when you were younger, sure. brought up, everything your family does critiqued, have the media and social media jump on everything. Who in their right mind would ever want to do that? So instead of having the best to represent us, what do we get? We end up with people that don't care about those things. And they're conditioned. Yeah. And those are scary people. Yeah. A yeah. person that doesn't care what other people think about them because they can just lie their way out of it right. and sound good, that's, that's our political system. So again, if we start going the way everybody else thinks, it just leads to, it leads to weakness. It leads to a watered-down watered society. And we want to be different. We don't want to be like everybody else. We don't want to be cookie cutter. If each and every one of us are truly unique, that's what we want people to see in us. Otherwise, I'm going to job interviews or I'm working and I look like everybody else. Well, how do I dress for this interview? Well, let me dress like everybody else. That's right. So what's going to differentiate you from anybody else if you're going to look like everybody else, if you're going to sound like everybody else, if you're going to think like everybody else? You know, maybe 
you'll get a job working for somebody that dresses like everybody else, yes. sounds like everybody else, and thinks like everybody else. So Not a lot it. of room for excitement there. Yeah. Man. Or, or you know, or. Or, or, or where where do you move with that? It's not a it's not where you want to be. So I'm going to read a little excerpt because each obstacle we overcome makes us stronger for the next one. It's up to you. No excuses, no buts, no exceptions, no way around it. It's on you. So in other words, the obstacle is there. The obstacle is the way. It's on you. It takes away the excuses. It's all about action and us moving. No one is coming to save you. And if we'd like to go where we claim we want to go, everybody has their big plans, right, Nels? Yes, they do. To accomplish what we claim are our goals, there is only one way, and that is to meet our problems with the right action. What are those actions? Well, you have to have the right energy, the right persistence, the right process, the right resilience, strategic vision, an eye for opportunity, a time when you need to pivot and move. You know, you're going to go dribble down the end of the court. That's great. And if you go and dribble in a straight line, what's what's, what's the defender going to do? He's going to swipe it. He's going to take the ball away from you. You can keep making believe you're dribbling. It's going to be like a Harlem Globetrotter scene. That's right. Right? When the guy That's would right. go down the court and he, his hand would still be moving and he didn't have the ball anymore and he looks around like, who, you know, who took the ball? Absolutely. There you go. Or you, know, you ever get the, the grounder hit to you and it goes through your legs? Yes. What's the first thing you look at? The glove. The glove. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, you're, the, you're, you're the shocked. The glove didn't do its job. Shocked and astonished. Or the guy that takes the, the big home run swing and misses. First thing he does, he looks at the bat. (laughs) So we need to take the right actions. We need to realize what we're doing. We need to have the right vision, the right time to pivot. And that's what we were talking about a little, because you go to dribble down court, yeah, you got to get to their side, but the straight path isn't the way. That defender is your obstacle. So what do I need to do? I need to figure out how to get around them. All right, I'm not a... I'm not a good ball handler. I can't dribble as much. All right, well, then then what do you do? You practice. Well, I'm still not. I naturally don't have that ability. So what do you do? You learn how to pass to somebody that does and let them handle the ball. Well, what are you good at? Well, I, I could take the outside shot. Okay, then hook up with somebody that's going to dribble it down court that can get past that person or come up with a strategy or whatever you're going to do or get somebody in there, pick them, do whatever you need to do. Absolutely. And, and But there's always a way. Absolutely. Worst case scenario, full court shot, right? Yeah. They go in every now and yeah. then. Yeah, I, I like um, I like what we're saying here, Vin, and um, and I'm and I and I like to uh, as I'm thinking about you know what is the right action, and and I and I'm thinking that the I know that the the wrong action is is reaction. Yeah, there you in go. the context of what we're saying, also uh, as an as a as a general. A theme of what we're doing here, I'd like to start thinking about how we turn reaction into reflex. Well, practice, practice, practice. You know, as as a little kid, you toss him a ball. It hits him in the head. Simple as that. He doesn't even know to raise his hands. Do it a couple times, he'll raise his hands. It becomes a reflex. Exactly. Same thing. You start dribbling down court. You know, what you eventually you don't, 
you don't think about how you're dribbling. The defender, the defender's move automatically makes from everything you've learned, your body just starts to respond differently. But it's trained, it's learned, it comes from practice, it comes from experience. And and in the context of what we're talking about, what what kind of practice uh, comes to mind? Doing things. Whatever your goal is right now and whatever that obstacle is, that obstacle becomes practice. That's right. Because, and you know, you t- we started talking about decisions. The decision that we make is usually the best decision that we believe at the time. And it needs to be a proper decision based on logic, based on reason, not based on emotions or feelings, taking that proper view of everything around us. And it doesn't mean we're going to make the right decision, but it will mean that we're going to make the best decision that we're able to make at that time with what we realize. And what we've done, we've expanded our view. Instead of making a decision that we're real close up and real wrapped up to it, I can now back up a little bit, reason come up with a smarter decision, still might not be the best decision, but it's a better decision. That's right. And now that's my practice because this may not get me where I need to go, but it may get me or where I want to go, but it'll take me in a different direction or another step. Or the next time I go to come across that defender, now I know how to handle it. And although I didn't this time, I will next time. That's right. On the basketball court, or even when you're you're practicing, every missed shot, you're, you're thinking about why you missed it. Every shot you make, you think a little bit why you made it. And it's amazing that the shot you make usually feels good. But if you make a shot and it doesn't feel good, you don't think about it that much because you know your mechanics weren't right and you just got lucky. But when you're shooting good, everything feels good. You know the mechanics are there. Um, you know, we've all had the shot where you, you know, you're, not hit, you're not shooting for the backboard but you'll hit the backboard and it goes in. Everybody goes, yeah, That's right. nice shot. That's exactly yeah, right. No way. It Not wasn't a nice intention. shot. It exactly. wasn't what I meant to do. Exactly. It, it, I was, you know, if there was no backboard, I was in trouble. Absolutely. Um, but we learned. But there was something behind that. And and you and you said something uh, also interesting that, uh, you know, we talk about learning for the next time. And, and uh, you know, when we're thinking about this, this is, this is life. This is life where we're doing things. This is, uh, in my mind here, I'm not thinking about, uh, you know, being on the battlefield, for example, where sometimes there's not a next time, you know, if you don't make the right decision. And and this is more so it's reflex built from practice and training. Uh, but, you know, for the for for us out there that that are doing our daily business to 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 bring food to our homes and, and, and onto the tables. There is a next time, and we, I think it's important that, that we remember that we do have that. This is not uh, going to be the last decision you ever make. So, so Hopefully not. Hopefully not. That's exactly right. Yeah. And on the, on the battlefield, what ends up happening is, and I, I, I like to read a lot of military books um, just because they're really great. They're filled, filled with just great stories of great men that give up their lives, and you see a lot of different things in there that you can, you can utilize in life. But there's a reason, you know, you, you go to boot camp, and... I can't imagine anybody really likes boot camp. They beat you up. But what are they teaching you? They're teaching you how to survive. They're teaching, they're getting your body ready. They're teaching you how to do things so that when you get out there, you won't get killed. And then what do they do? They start teaching you processes. And we think of the military as being very, you know, that the soldiers are automatons, but it really isn't. They're just really good at process. But within that process, they, they, they don't, they're, they're, they're never taught to blindly follow the process. They're also taught to use their brain. The process there is, a, is there as a default. 
as all of a sudden when it's a, an oh crap moment, instead of running, this is the process. You fire back. You know, you unload on them. Unloading is giving you time to now get ready for what you're going to do. Unloading on them isn't the, isn't the goal. It isn't the final end. But if you're not unloading on them, guess what? You're just, you're just, uh, you're just, you're, it's a turkey shoot. And, and with these processes, uh, you know, that are in place that have been implemented over uh, practice and, and experiences and losses, there is a very important factor to this, which is assessment. And that's a lot about what we discussed in, in, in perspective. That's the perspective, the assessment. And as you were talking about out there on the, you know, in military or, you know, on the battlefield, um, fortunately, others that go before you learn the lesson. Many of them paid the price. So when you go out there, you know, it's not a totally green group or team that's going. You're going out there with more seasoned people as, as well. Uh, you know, and, that, and that's, that's in life. We get to learn from other people's mistakes. And usually when it's life or death, people pay more attention. Uh, in our lives, we barely pay attention to what, what we're doing. I'm going to read a little bit. Amelia Earhart, Earhart wanted to be a great aviator, but it was the 1920s that people still thought that women were frail and weak and didn't have the stuff. Woman's suffrage was not even a decade old. She couldn't make her living as a pilot, so she took a job as a social worker. Then one day the phone rang. The man on the line had a pretty offensive proposition. Along the lines of, here you have it, we have someone willing to fund the first female tra transatlantic flight. Sounds great. Right. Our first choice has already backed out. <laughs> you won't get to actually fly the plane. And we're going to send two men along as chaperones. And guess what? We'll pay them a lot of money and you won't get anything. Oh, and you very well might die along the way. Great opportunity, isn't it? Some, some, some select few might find that window in there. Yeah. And that's what it is. There's a window. In today's day and age, people come out of college. They want to make a certain amount of money. They want to do things. They turn their nose up. And this opportunity, or not an opportunity, this insult. Let's say this insult. Let's not call it an opportunity. Let's call it an insult. Huh. You know what they wanted me to do. Who do they think I am? And we would have never heard about Amelia Earhart again. That's right. But instead she said yes. Because that's what people who defy the odds do. That's how people who become great at things, whether it's flying or blowing through gender stereotypes do. They start. Anywhere, anyhow. They don't care if the conditions are perfect or if they are being slighted because they know once they get started, if they can just get some momentum, they can make it work. And that's the difference. That's where people end up making it. That's where we end up having wasted lives. People that have opportunities and never take them because it's not perfect. It's not everything that they wanted it to be, or they're insulted. I'm going to read a little more. Life can be frustrating. Oftentimes we know what our problems are, 
We may even know what to do about them. But we fear that taking action is too risky. And as a result, we do nothing. We do nothing. So what happens is, and what brought up part of my starting our podcast, was the fact that I do believe that there's a small group of people that really make up what this planet really is, what this country really is. It's not the masses that just run along as sheep. It's real men standing up for what's right, making differences, even if it's just in their, under their roof. But where does that expand to? You never know. That person's child could be the next president. But when we live in a society where men are always being beaten down, where being a man, man is now considered even toxic, I hear about toxic masculinity. We're supposed to feel sure. guilty about being a man now. I don't need to feel guilty. Are there men that do bad things? Yes, they're bad men. Sorry, can't represent all of, all of my gender. That's right. All the more reason why good men, and there are plenty, just need to speak out and not be afraid. Not be afraid of being a man. Not being afraid of even looking like a man. Not being afraid of what other people think. If I want to dress nice, it's because I want to dress nice, not because of what other people are going to think. If I want to raise my family a certain way, it's the way I want to raise them, and not the way society tells me I need to be. And we have this toxic masculinity going on out there where men are afraid to be men. If you talk about being a man, you're looked at like there's something wrong with you, like we're beating women or something, when it's just sure. the opposite. Sure. You know, if we're really going to be men, we're really going to realize that physically we're stronger than them. And because of that, anytime you're stronger than somebody else, you really need to respect um, and not use that strength. Because the real sign of, a, of any power is the ability not to use it. That's correct. Uh, you and I are very familiar with Chuck Norris. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. Right? So many of those, uh, the, the quotes of the day. Oh, man, that, I can't get enough of them. Yeah. But poor Chuck doesn't get any credit for them either. That's he, right. He makes no money off them. <laughs> but, you know, I would imagine Chuck Norris doesn't need to go into a pub and start saying, I'm Chuck Norris, and if anybody gets in my way, I'm knocking you down. Chuck Norris, is, I'm sure he's just a very cool guy that doesn't have to worry about that and will never use his abilities unless he really has to. It's the weak person that ends up praying. Weak person that is physically stronger in a position of power that preys upon the weak. Dictators, bullies, so many different people that are out there that we don't appreciate, and those are weak people. So my point is, as men, we need to stand up. We need to be strong. We need to be heard. Otherwise, we're going to be watered down. The next generation is going to be weaker. And is that really what we want for our country? Is just watered down men that are afraid to speak their mind, afraid to be men, because they don't even know what a man is. All they're, sh- all they're shown is what the media has to say. That's right. Whether it's the, you know, the Epsteins or any of these people that are abusing women and doing the wrong thing, 
They're just bad guys. They're it, bad players, bad uh, actors. Unfortunately, it's it's the most easily accessible variation of, of that of that information that that's available to to us uh, as as a society. And and we're and we're weak minded. And media, the way it works, is media shows always the extremes. Right. Media will show on political end, far left and far right. If we're up to the media, we'd have civil wars. Because they would make everybody believe that everybody hates each other, whether it's based on gender, race, nationality. But really, if you encounter people one-on-one, and again, you can encounter people that are just nasty. You can go places and people are just no good. That's anywhere. You can go to the Philippines and, and you can get murdered. And I could tell you that I have never met a Filipino that wasn't the nicest person in the world. And I know a ton of them, but you go into the, uh, and I would talk to them. They go, oh yeah, you go in the Philippines. It could be bad if you go to certain places. And I can't possibly imagine it because I've never met a Filipino person that wasn't an incredibly wonderful, nice person. Absolutely. But they would tell me, oh, if you go there, you got to be careful in certain areas that you, that you go. And my point is every place has bad people. That's exactly right. Bad actors. That's exactly right. That's in politics. That's in race. That's in religion. Yes. That's everywhere. In general, when you go to decent people, their only enemy ends up being their perceived enemy. The one that the media tells them is against them. That's right. So the media is saying there's all these bad guys, so everybody starts to believe it. The media starts saying that all of this type of people or that type of people are no good. Um, Or we'll even have, even economically, you know, all rich people are like this. Sure. Well, what does every poor person want to be rich? Right. And do some of them get rich? Absolutely. And a lot of rich people used to be poor. Yes. So what changed? Their bank account. You know, it isn't that rich people in general, but do people, when they get power and money, all of a sudden get to be stupid sometimes? Absolutely. Um, so we see that the world isn't as black and white as people make it. There is black and white on both, on both sides of everything, but when they, that isn't all there is. In the middle, quite often are extremely decent people with good intentions that feel like they don't have a voice. And I know that was a long-winded way to say that's why we're here. And as men, but if we're going to have a voice, we need to act the right way. We need to realize that our voice can be heard and needs to be heard and that we can be strong and we can be a great influence on not just our families, not just on our neighborhoods, but on our countries. I'm very thankful that a lot of those men are in the armed forces, and I believe a lot of them are drawn to that. I believe a lot of that type of personality of wanting to do the right thing gets drawn to that because they feel that it's a higher calling to protect and to serve. Uh, And I'm also very grateful that very often they go into being firefighters and police officers. Do we have bad police officers? Absolutely. Sure. Bad actors doesn't mean every police officer is bad. And how much attention do the bad ones get? Yeah, yeah, all of it. Yeah. All of it. That's right. And and there's plenty of good police officers. I, I would never want to be a police officer at this point in time where we're at. I mean, it's, it's dangerous. You're not allowed to do anything. Right. You get in trouble for everything. Everybody seems to be against you. And, That's right. You know, but then they're still going to dial 911 and expect you to be there really fast. So 
if we're going to do anything, we can't just sit back, Nels. We can't just sit back and say, this is what men are supposed to be. We need to, right? Because the first part was think different. Think different was the perspective. Be different is the action. And that's, that's what right. we're talking about now. That's right. Letting, once your mind has changed, it now will influence your, your actions. So now we're at, you know, we need to be different. And, and uh, that's, that's exactly right. And the other thing that I, I want us to, to realize and, and really emphasize on is that, you know, these excerpts that we're reading, these were, you know, people that came before us and, and, and wrote their own story. Mm. And, and although we're here and, and we're, we're talking about these people and, and we are assessing and, and we're thinking about, you know, how can this possibly relate to us? We, we are in our own positions to write these stories for the next generation of individuals to, to, to come after us. So uh, I think that's an important thing also to, to remember in, in listening to this podcast. So while you're sleeping, traveling, attending meetings, or messing around online, the same thing is happening to you. You're going soft. You're not aggressive enough. You're not pressing ahead. You've got a million reasons why you can't move at a faster pace. This all makes the obstacles in your life loom very large. One of the other podcasts I, re I recorded, Nelson, is, um, you know, control through elimination and, you know, things in our life that are, that are there. And we all talk about not having enough time. And time to do what? If we really want to do something, we need to make time. Now, we all know that there's only a certain amount of time, 24 hours in a day to do anything. Um, and even if we decide to go into a different environment where time moves slower, it's still all relative. <laughs> it's not going to matter. Um, you know, but that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's for Einstein. That's right. So what do we need to do? We need to prioritize what's important. What is important is, you know, playing my video games important, is watching TV important, well, you know, if you're doing it with kids or family or online or with friends and you, you want to have some good time, that's fine. You know, sure. There's nothing wrong with doing anything in moderation. But what we need to question is, what is my big goal that I'm saying I don't have enough time for? You know, that I'm doing something else and I have a me million reasons why I can't get that done. If it's really that important, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. It might even be, let me see if I can do with an hour's less sleep at night if it's really that important. That's right. Let me try getting up an hour earlier, and maybe I can spend that time on this. If I've really prioritized the rest of my day that I don't have time to do this, either, number one, it's not that important, or number two, it's, it's not really that important to me, and I'm only talking about it. Another little excerpt. Just because the conditions aren't exactly to your liking, or you don't feel ready yet, doesn't mean you get a pass. If you want momentum, you'll have to create it yourself right now by getting up and getting started. How often do we hear tomorrow? Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's a reason why New Year's resolutions are so popular. Why is that? It's about tomorrow. <laughs> it's never about today. Because it's always easier to do something tomorrow. It's easier to quit something. It's easier to start something. 
It's easier to face something. It's called procrastination. Gives us a runway. I'm going to read a little bit about Ulysses S. Grant. For nearly a year, General Ulysses S. Grant tried to crack the defense of Vicksburg. The city perched high on the cliffs of the Mississippi, critical to the Confederacy's stranglehold on the most important river in the country. He tried attacking head-on. He tried going around. He spent months digging a new canal that would change the course of the river. He blew the levees upstream and literally tried to float boats down into the city over, over flooded land. None of it worked. All the while, the newspaper chattered. It had been months without progress. Lincoln had sent a replacement, and the man was waiting in the wings. But Grant refused to be rattled, refused to rush, refused to cease. He knew there was a weak spot somewhere. He'd find it or he'd make one. So far, everything was the obstacle. And what did it lead him to try something else? It's going to lead to the way. That's right. His next move ran contrary to nearly all conventional military theory. But he'd already tried all conventional. He decided to run his boats past the gun batteries that were guarding the river. A considerable risk because once down, they could not come back up. Despite an unprecedented nighttime firefight, nearly all the boats made it unharmed. A few days later, Grant crossed the river about 30 miles downstream at the appropriately named Hard Times, Louisiana. Grant's plan was bold, leaving most of their supplies behind. His troops had to live off the land and make their way up the river, taking town after town along the way. By the time Grant laid siege to Vicksburg itself, the message to his men and his enemies was clear. He would never give up. The defense would eventually crack. Grant was unstoppable. His victory wouldn't be pretty. If we're to overcome our obstacles, this is the message to broadcast, internally and externally. We're so quick to make excuses to other people, right? Externally. What excuses are we making to ourselves? Right. Do we end up believing those excuses? That's right. Wow. Let me get back to this. We will not be stopped by failure. We will not be rushed or distracted by external noise. We will chisel and peg away at the obstacle until it is gone. Resistance is futile. You ever watch Star Trek, the Borg? Resistance yeah. is futile. That's right. I loved it. At Vicksburg, Grant learned two things. First, persistence and pertinacity were incredible assets and probably his main assets as a leader. Second, as often as is the result from such dedication and exhausting all the other traditional options, he'd been forced to try something new. That option, cutting loose from his supply trains and living off the spoils of hostile territory, was a previously untested strategy that the North could now use to slowly deplete the South of its resources and its will to fight. In persistence, he not only broke through, in trying it all the wrong ways, Grant discovered a totally new way, the way that would eventually win the war. Grant's story is not the exception to the rule. It is the rule. This is how innovation works. Wow. That's, that's loaded, man. That's loaded information. It certainly is. I love hearing stories like that. Just how they didn't quit. And usually all the obstacle is, the obstacle really isn't our obstacle. 
the obstacle sets something off inside of me that says, this is hard, I don't want to go any further. There really is no obstacle except for myself. I'm that guy that, you know, you know why don't we lose weight? Because I'm fighting myself. Why don't I get in better shape? I'm fighting myself. Why don't I learn this new language? I'm fighting myself. What happens? I'll, I want to do it, but then why don't I? If I want to do it, why am I not doing it? I end up fighting myself. We end up spending our lives battling ourselves because we want something when it sounds, the reward sounds interesting. But once we find that it isn't easy and it's hard, we think that something hard means stop. And we've learned the obstacle, which is hard, does not mean stop. And I'll repeat myself as I've repeated in many podcasts. We know the adage, nothing comes easy. So in other words, if you want it easy, you're always going to stop at the obstacle. Expect nothing. But most of us want something. So expect it to be hard and expect the obstacle. Because what you want is usually on the, somewhere on the other side of that obstacle. If everybody could just reach their full potential, Nels, not even their full potential, just a little bit of their yeah, potential. I agree with that. People just end up wasting their lives. I call it just water cooler lives. They just really no depth. Maybe they have no depth. I don't know. But everybody has a genius. Everything. Ha everybody has something really wonderful about them. But everybody just starts to get into these cookie cutter type of lives. And they'll talk about what they should have pursued, what they didn't pursue, what they could have pursued, but they don't. And, and I guess that's the way some, some people are absolutely okay with it and others aren't. That's why I said there's just, I really feel there's a small group of people on this planet that really make the earth go round. That's right. And uh, there are a lot of things factor into this and, you know, conditions. Conditions are one of them. And, and to your point, you know, maybe, uh, not maybe, but the truth is that most of us don't chase our dreams. And, you know, in some cases we have obligations that we have to prioritize. And uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to give it all up. Maybe we insert a little bit of ourselves in what we choose to do as a result. And it's still a way that you are uh, not losing your path. You're, you're, you're doing your job as an individual, but at the same time, you're still giving way and and you're making way to create your own path or or maybe to follow that dream maybe you, you just can't go down the the path that would have generally gotten you there right you know say for some reason you weren't able to coming out of high school you couldn't go to college and pursue something you wanted to pursue a field whatever it may be just because you couldn't pursue it by being a full-time student because you had obligations other things that maybe were pressing and more important absolutely there is another way. Sure. Maybe not an easy way. That's, maybe a hard way. That's the key. Maybe there's an obstacle. It's when the, the smooth, easy path that's before us is blocked and we just stop and we think it's the end. We've only made it the end. I believe we said um, one of the quotes I'm going to paraphrase from Marcus Aurelius is, a person doesn't do me any harm unless I decide I've been harmed. That's a right. person doesn't do me any insult unless I decide they've done me insult. That's right. I remember as a kid, you, 
if you tease somebody, it was because you wanted a reaction. Even if it was, you know, when you're really young, the girl you like. That's exactly, yes. Yeah. That's, that's the first thought that came to mind. You want a reaction. <laughs> if she just totally ignores you, you stop. But, as, because you don't, you know, but if you get a reaction out of that person, you keep digging deeper. That's right. And with our lives, we need to do the, you know, we, we'll do the same thing. We don't, we don't press on. We'll get silly in the way we handle things. Let me read from about Thomas Edison. 1878, Thomas Edison wasn't the only person experimenting with incandescent lights, but he was the only man willing to test 6,000 different filaments. Wow. Each time to the one, closer to the one that would finally work. All little obstacles. All little obstacles. You mentioned something, uh, I think, uh, a little bit of a, you hit a gem, uh, and, and you talked about, you know, when we're kids, and there's the girl that we like, and, and, you know, we're doing little things, we're throwing a paper, or we're pulling the hair, or, you know, who knows what, what it can be, but we were looking for a reaction, and, and how do we, in the context of what we're talking about, how do we do that in life? You keep looking for that reaction. I think that when, and, and we, what do we do to get a reaction? We do things. We do things. So if you do, things will happen, whether it be opportunities. Maybe you won't get the right reaction, but it's, it's going to be something that, that you know as an individual, it didn't work. Just like Ulysses Grant. Yeah. All right, it didn't work. Now you find another way. And you keep going. At no point, at no point, do we stop. Yeah. I always like the, um, the goofy-looking guy with the really gorgeous girl. Sure, I love that guy. You know why? He acted. That's he right. asked. Everybody else is sitting there looking at her. Oh, look at her. Oh, she's so pretty. Uh, not asking her out. Not doing anything. That's In the meantime, right. you know, the prettiest girl is sitting home at night. Doesn't have doesn't have a date because everybody's afraid to ask her out. And that guy asked her. That's right. right. And I and I. And I I, I love that. I love that. You know, and, and, it, and it pays off. I always joke around. I tell her, my, my wife's totally out of my league. That's okay. That's okay. I'm proud of it. I sure, love it. Absolutely. There you go. I asked. I asked. Let's move on a little bit here. Only in struggling with the impediments that made others quit can we find ourselves on untrodden territory. Wow. So only when we look at what everybody else did, so we can't say, well, this person quit too. Or how about right. in school? Well, everybody did bad on the test. Or nobody likes this teacher anyway. Okay. So the person that does good on that test or does well in that class, they're really going to stand out then. Isn't everybody going to ask, what's different about them? Other than looking at everybody else and saying, there's the rest of the pack. That's right. So I'll read this again. Only in struggling with the impediments that made others quit, can we find ourselves on untrodden territory. Only by persisting and resisting can we learn what others were too impatient to be taught. Wow. It's okay to be discouraged. It's not okay to quit. So we don't have to go around with a false smile. Oh, it's okay. No problem. It's, it's okay to be discouraged. Just 
Sure. Don't quit. Exactly. And areas where everybody else failed, that's awesome. That's great. That is an opportunity. Whether it's in the business world, wherever it is, you know, it's funny. Um, we we talk about it's it's uh, okay to go through those things, and and I watch I watch a lot of sports, and you know, you have uh, the next generation. Uh, you know, LeBron James's son. Son, yeah. You know, he is he's covered everywhere. He's he's on ESPN. He just had his first high school dunk. And, I only you know I you didn't know, realize I would tell you well. I don't want to cut into our podcast, sure. but tell me about it. I was I was well, at, I was at the store and I saw on TV and I'm saying, why do they have a high school basketball game and why do I care what this final score was? And then later on, I realized it was yeah, LeBron's yeah. kid was playing. I, I just I just found it amazing because uh, it's 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 a product of of what what we are, uh, where we are, technology wise and 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 celebrities and and pop culture figures. Uh, but you know, I just I couldn't help but think about Michael Jordan having been cut from his high school team. Yeah. And and here here is Michael Jordan, the arguably the one of the greatest athletes to have ever lived. And it's because he didn't quit. What if he decided it was just hard? And maybe he was cut even unfairly. So I said I'm not playing anymore. That's right. I, I remember forget, you know, just we all so weak. But we learn. We learn. I remember I, when I was young, I was a decent baseball player. When I say young, really young, you know, like, <laughs> like sub-teenager. <laughs> and I remember when I first got to high school, no problem. I go to play baseball. I expect to play varsity. I expect to play varsity. And that freshman year, when I wasn't bowed down to, and I wasn't going to play varsity, guess what I did? What'd you do? I quit. I quit. It was easy. That's right. It was easy. What did I prove? I proved I was a quitter. That's exactly right. That was it. What did I end up accomplishing? Absolutely nothing. And at the time, it fe- as you said, it, it was the easier thing to do. It, it was easy. It, it felt good. You said, all right, well, I don't, I don't have to. Most importantly, you don't have to struggle. Yeah. You didn't have to struggle. You didn't have to fight. You didn't have to uh, go through uncomfortable moments yeah. in order to to prove to who. Yeah. Truthfully, it's 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 to you as the individual and and everyone out there. That's that's who you owe it to. You don't owe it to anyone I else. I proved I was weak. Nothing comes easy, and I got nothing. That's right. I got nothing. In Silicon Valley. Startups don't launch with polished, finished businesses. Instead, they release their minimum viable product, MVP. The most basic version of their core idea with only one or two essential features. The point is to immediately see how customers respond. And if that response is poor, to be able to fail cheaply and quickly to avoid making or investing in a product customers do not want. So they're actually putting something out there because they want it to fail. They want to see what's wrong with it so they can make it better. That's the obstacle. We, they don't even realize what they're doing. Right. We're so afraid of failure. We want to put out a perfect product before we'll do anything. The perfect environment has to be there before we pursue our dreams. The perfect atmosphere, the perfect conditions in play, and they never occur. And here, 
Silicon Valley gives us a little example as it doesn't have to be perfect. Put it out there. And they have a quip. It's called failure is a feature. They put it out there that doesn't need to be perfect. Right. That failure is what's going to bring about. Can you imagine if Apple waited to work out every bug before it released a new phone? You think they don't know there's going to be bugs? That's right. Oh, please. And because they have beta, they have beta users. They come out, but if they know if they fix everything, they're going to be too late. So they send it out, and before you know it, the patches are going out, and this goes out, or somebody else experiences something. It just moves them on. On the path to successful action, we will fail, possibly many times. And that's okay. It can be a good thing. Action and failure are two sides of the same coin. One doesn't come without the other. What breaks this critical connection down is when people stop acting because they've taken failure the wrong way. So if I tell you heads or tails, Nels, you get to pick. Heads, you get $500. Tails, you don't. And it comes up tails. You don't say, oh, I'm quitting. What are you quitting for? Right. Keep going. It'll, Let's it, flip it's, again. It's, part of, it's what you expect. Yes. Now flip again, Vin. Let's flip all day. Absolutely. Let's flip all day. We confuse failure with the end. When in anything, failure just makes things better. Look at automobiles. It's They're always making them better. That's right. If you go back 40 years ago, they don't improve things that they don't think need to be improved, that fail, that don't work. There's one way to guarantee we don't benefit from failure, because we do benefit from failure sure. all the time. Right? You're younger, you go up to ask out a girl, you're, you're, you're stuttering, you're doing everything, and what did you learn? Next time, don't stutter. Next time, remember <laughs> what I'm going to say. Um, be, be that goofy guy. Yeah. The one way to guarantee we don't benefit from failure, to ensure it is a bad thing, is not to learn from it. So we learn that failure can happen. So failure is really feedback. And the only bad thing that can happen is if we fail and we just look at it as simply a failure and we don't learn from it. Thomas Edison, he didn't just look at a failure and say, stop, he learned. That's right. And then he would move on and move on to the next. Failure shows us the way by showing us what isn't the way. Right. So failure is an obstacle, but it's, it's not an end. How often do we compromise or settle because we feel the real solution is too ambitious or outside our grasp. Notice we sell ourselves short. Being trapped is just a position, not a fate. You get out of it by addressing and eliminating each part of that position through small, deliberate actions, not by trying to push it away with superhuman strength. So we're talking about, say, you want to achieve something and you just don't know how. You feel trapped. I have all these things going on. What do I do? Well, there may not be a Superman moment where you can move everything out of the way, but there's steps that you could take. 
to move towards something. It, let's go back to that college degree that you wanted to get. Right. All right. It may not be that you can go to school full time. It may be that to get that four year degree, the amount of time that you can you can spend, if you stayed with it, is going to be twelve years. Sure. Twelve years of hard work, of taking this one night a week that I do have free and working towards it. What are you doing? You're eliminating that obstacle a little bit at a time. And small actions. Yeah. And then you never know. Maybe it opens up. And then maybe you can start going more and more. And maybe it wasn't 12 years. Maybe next thing you know, it seems like you're going to do it in eight. And then before you know it, it's six years. And six years doesn't feel like all that much time when you're at the end of the six years. That's right. The beginning of it is always the problem where we look. And that's where foresight comes into play using hindsight. Because as we get a little bit older, we start to learn that sometimes things that were going to take a longer time, you know, oh, it's going to be a year. Well, if I did that, I would have been done with it nine years ago. Right. Instead, guess what? I still have never done it. I've never put in that investment to take the time necessary to do what it was. So with that, we may have one item that we did that with, but then another one comes up with that's going to take two years. Do we do the same thing? No, we look back and we say, that last thing that would have taken me a year that I never would have done, that would have paid off tenfold, I never did. This is going to take two years. It's going to be tough. But let me get started because at the end of the two years, I don't want to be where I am now. That's right. Still never having done nothing. When I was younger, I listened to, um, I bought some Tony Robbins oh, yeah. tapes. Okay. I don't remember anything from any of them except for one statement. Make believe you're looking in a mirror 10 years from now. What do you see? Because what you don't want to see is the same thing. Huh. And it just had to do with just being in the same place. That's right. Still not having done anything. And quite often, we'll feel we're trapped. And that's just a way to justify and make excuses why we're not doing something. I can think of so many different people that just make excuses. So many talented people. So many people that are in jobs that are so much below what they can be doing. Sure. Because they really believe that they're always victims. Their bosses are always mean. They're never understood. In the meantime, these people are always sick, always injured, always have a reason not to make it to work. They just never realize that they're the problem. They're their own obstacle. I want to read a little bit here. Long past his humble beginnings, President Andrew Johnson would speak proudly of his career as a tailor before he entered politics. My garments never ripped or gave away, he would say. On the campaign trail, a heckler once tried to embarrass him by shouting about his working class credentials. Johnson replied without breaking stride, that doesn't disconcern me. In the least, for when I used to be a tailor, I had the reputation of being a good one and making close fits, always punctual with my customers and always did good work. So in other words, in anything we do, do it right and do it all. Many times, because we're not doing what we want to do, we do it half-assed. Sure. And when we're doing it half-assed, maybe there's somebody watching us that would have given us an opportunity 
but all they see us is somebody with no drive or no ambition and maybe no ability because of what we're doing. Another president, James Garfield, paid his way through college in 1851 by persuading his school, the Western Reserve Electric Institute, Eclectic Institute, I'm sorry, to let him be the janitor in exchange for tuition. He did the job every day smiling without a hint of shame. Each morning he'd ring the university's bell tower to start the classes, his day already having long begun, and stomped a class with cheer and eagerness. Obviously, he had drive. He became the president. And we got to remember, even a bad president, I mean, it's like a bad basketball player. They're awesome. Yeah, exactly. A bad professional basketball player. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's just awesome. Yeah. You know, and and even a bad president just intellectually is on point. It, It just really... Society, media breaks them down. They're the worst people in the world. Sure. But, I mean, to get to that level, you got to be doing something in a democratic society where people are going to vote for you. That's right. To get into that position, there's got to be something that you're doing that is right. But you, you're so busy thinking about the future, you don't take any pride in the task you've given right now. You just phone it in, cash your paycheck, and dream of some higher station in life. Or you think, this is just a job. It isn't who I am. It doesn't matter. Foolishness. We're not talking about the Matrix movie, are we? (laughs) But so often we see people, oh, they don't pay me to do this. Yeah. They don't pay me enough. Oh, boy. And that always amazes me. It's above my pay grade. Yeah. Is is thinking above anybody's uh, pay grade? At any point when anybody is hired for a position, you know, does it ever said that, listen, we don't want you to work too hard. We don't want you to extend yourself. We don't want you to think. Or that person comes in and says, oh, listen, just give me all the parameters of this job because I don't want to work any harder than, I, than what we have to. And this is what I'm going to do for that, whatever, say $15 an hour. Um, for $15 an hour, this is what I'm going to do. No, people come in and say, oh, I'm the hardest worker. You won't regret hiring me. And then all of a sudden... We start to believe, I think, a little less of ourselves. I think of the um, is it the Captain Morgan, okay, guy who's is he, the the captain with the with yeah, the one, is he the one foot on, says, the, um, on the barrel, dress like who you want to, be, or what's the how does that go? Well, I, I I do know I do know one that that I can share it, and it's uh, uh, it's 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 close and dear, and it's and it's uh, dressed like who you represent. Dressed like who you represent. Maybe it was something along those lines yeah. then. I, I knew it was something. It was a commercial I saw or, or who you want to be. Dressed like who you want to be. That's, that's you know, exactly and, and, right. Because really, it's you know acting in a, in a certain way. And that's what we saw about the presidents. They acted in a certain way. They, they, they acted with dignity the entire time. They acted like they were a president. And unfortunately, people going around thinking that I don't make enough to do the right thing, or they don't pay me for this, or this isn't the job I want anyway. But that's where you get to meet people. That's where you shine. That's where people see what you're made of. That's where you'll get opportunities. And and for some of us out there, sometimes we're really happy with with where we are. And and I think that, uh, you know, none, none of what we're saying is, 
is is saying that if if you're happy with where you are, you are just simply content. You can be happy where you are, but you can also have pride in what you do, and it shows through. And you can gain opportunities even within your own position or where you are. It could still happen. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're happy where you are, you've gotten to where people are trying to get. People just want to be happy. Yeah. And we have goals because we believe fulfilling those goals will make me happy. If you're happy already, you're ahead of us. You're there. Nothing wrong with that at all. You're you're, right. you're on point, Nels. If every goal just means that, okay, I'm just here now. I want to jump to the next thing. You haven't peeled back the onion far enough to say, what am I really looking for? Otherwise, we're just bouncing around. We're achieving things, but for no real reason. And that serves no purpose either. Sure. You know, what do you really want? And what we really want is we all search for happiness. And, you know, what is that happiness? Well, if happiness is buying a new car, well, okay, you buy a new car. Are you still happy when the first payment comes? Well, then it wasn't really happiness, right? Maybe sure. you'll learn. That isn't, maybe that isn't what makes me happy. <laughs> you, know, maybe, you know, maybe examine myself a little bit more sure. as to what it is. And we start to look at what we really want in life, and that's what we want to pursue. And usually if they're selfish pursuits, um, we're never going to be satisfied. That's right. Because we're always going to want more. But if it's a pursuit for somebody else, we've really accomplished something or to better something or to better the world or to better ourselves for people. Even our podcast, I've said, this isn't, it's certainly not about me. It's about you, I would say, to the audience, but it isn't about you either. It's about the audience getting it that it's not about them, that they want to get better. They want to think different, be different, to make a difference. That's right. But to, to make a difference for somebody. That's right. And that's what we want to look to do. So you're right. It's absolutely okay. I'm going to read a little here. Sure, the goal is important, but never forget that each individual instance matters too. Each is a snapshot of the whole. The whole isn't certain, only the instances are. So you never know where you're going to end up, but you do know where the next step is going to take you. And that talks about not stepping on other people. We've all heard about that. That's right. You know, going up the ladder, you got to see them coming down the ladder. You know, every step is important along the way because in the step that is the way, there's a lot to learn. And in life, we tend to complain a lot. Complaining is such a weakness. Complaining is something that makes others see us as weak. But we don't see that right away because complaining is, me, is self-talk. It's me justifying why I'm being weak. And that in itself is really weak. And it's a little pathetic. I'm going to read a little here. Scratch the complaining. No waffling. No submitting to powerlessness or fear. You can't just run home to mommy. How are you going to solve this problem, this obstacle? How are you going to get around the rules that hold you back? Maybe you'll need to be a little more cunning or conniving than feels comfortable. Sometimes that requires ignoring some outdated regulations or asking for forgiveness from management later rather than for permission, which might be denied right now. Okay. But if you've got an important mission, all that matters is that you accomplish it. Now, there needs to be a little caveat here, right? There, there's, there's balance, Yes, there is. There is balance and always do the right thing. And that's going to be my caveat. Do the right thing. 
Sometimes you can bend the rules. Sometimes you can break the rules. Men create rules. They aren't always the right rules. They aren't always the best rules. They're meant for boundaries sometimes. But if all of a sudden breaking a rule can get you there, and it's not a selfish goal that you're pursuing, but there's a balance. There's always consequences. And as long as men, as we're willing to deal with the consequence of our action, and if we've reasoned that our goal is more important than that rule, and we're willing to deal with the consequence then it's okay. But that's going to be different for every person. Sure it is. Sure it is. And I'm going to give a really silly scenario. You're not allowed to take any money out of the cash register. All of a sudden, you're working there at the store. Somebody comes in, starving child, whatever it is, really need help. You want to give them $10 of your own money. You left your wallet home. If there's holes in this story, Nelson, it's because I'm just, it's, all, it's off the cuff here. <laughs> you left your wallet home. All right, I'm going to take $10 out of this cash register. I'm going to pay it back, but you know the rule. That's right. No money out of the cash register. You take the money out, you give it to them. All these places, they have their cameras. Your boss comes in. Took $10 out of the cash register, Nels. Broke the rules. Bent the rules. Yeah. Does it mean your boss shouldn't fire you? It's a rule. That's right. Be ready to deal with the consequence. That's exactly right. Don't think because you broke the rules that people are going to understand what your goal was or that they have to understand your goal was. Be prepared to pay the consequence. That's right. Simple as that. Simple as that. So that may have not been the best example. But when we're really looking for something, you know, how you just can't be sheep. You just can't be doing things like everybody else does. All of a sudden you're at work and you you have an idea. A way to make things better and your boss isn't listening to you. And you decide you're going to call the CEO direct. So be it. A couple things can happen. The CEO could love your idea. You could be promoted. Or your C- the CEO really doesn't love the idea and asks your boss, why is your guy calling me? Not going to be a fun place to work. That's right. You bent the rules. It's okay. As long as you're willing to deal with the consequence. That's right. Nobody has to understand. Nobody has to be in alignment with what you want to do. So as we look at different potential outcomes, because that's what we do when we have a task or a goal. We always think where it's going to get us, but we don't do it because we think of potential outcomes. What if I fail? Well, if we don't try, we've already failed. So how do I get beyond this mindset 
of always quitting before I've started. Because technically, if you know what path you need to do to get something done and you're not willing to do it, but that's your goal, you've quit. But you'd say, I never started, so I didn't quit. You never even entered the race. It's just as bad. That's right. So what do I need to do? I really need to start thinking about if this is really important to me, I need to be single-minded and nothing can get in my way. That's right. I need to move forward, not worry about what obstacles are going to come in my way because there's going to be obstacles. Burger King, I think, came after McDonald's, right? I think McDonald's was one of the first places. It's fast food. Burger's a burger. I mean, none of them are fabulous. They're all different. Right. Hope I don't get in trouble from Burger King or McDonald's. <laughs> but the point is, Burger King doesn't say, oh, there's always there's already fast food restaurants. There's already somebody else is already first. That's right. It didn't really matter. Otherwise, there would only be one pizza joint in every town. But every town has multiple pizza joints. Chinese restaurants, whatever. Nobody says, oh, there's only one. Somebody comes along and thinks they can do it better. And will say, oh, what are they doing that for? Well, I, I give them credit. At least they think they can... Yeah. Do it better as opposed to just saying, well, I'm just not going to open up a place because it already exists. I, I can relate. I've probably in at four different Chinese restaurants called number one Chinese restaurant. <laughs> number, number, number one Chinese restaurant. So what are some things that you could think of, Nels, even in your own life, like that you had goals and if you really look at them that you didn't follow through on them we don't need to know specifics but we're like what were some things that went through your mind as you were younger that you look back and you realize now in 2020 hindsight what was i thinking yeah yeah uh i can think of a few things uh we actually have some common ground in 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 baseball and uh it was, you know, as a kid, my father, uh, for a profession, he he designed uh, awnings and he did paintings and things of that nature. And so uh, I was with him a lot of times in his studio as he worked. And, and I, I, I couldn't believe it because, you know, he had, I have so many of my father's features and, and he had one of the most patient and gentle strokes of a brush that I have ever seen. I could never achieve that. And so that's just a sidebar. But uh, we we did things like, uh, you know, uh, we he worked with Conduit, you know, and putting some of these things together. And so uh, because there was a lot of late hours and, you know, there wasn't time for us to go to the park, what we do is we'd ball up electrical tape and and I'd have a piece of Conduit in my hand and he we'd form it into a ball and we would play baseball in the basement in the Bronx at for about an hour at, at a time. And so fast forward a few years, I finally got a chance to, you know, swing a bat with my friends and, and, and I was crushing the ball. I was crushing the ball and it was, it was crazy. So it's, I had this conditioned, you know, eyesight for, for the baseball. Uh, fast forward another couple of years living with my mother, we were, we couldn't afford a car. And, and the Little League field was about six miles from where we lived. So uh, having younger siblings didn't have the opportunity to, to, to play Little League. 
and I and I used to joke with my mother, and I'd say, you know, if if I had a chance to play little league, my life would be completely different right now. <laughs> so so in in hindsight, you know, could could I have truly pushed the envelope and said, I'm going to figure out another way to play baseball. I'm going to figure out another way to, to, to practice. I'm going to, uh, engage my, my high school coaches eventually. And, and, and I would work on my mechanics to further hone what I knew I was very good at and, and, and become elite and, and potentially change my life, uh, and, and others around me. Uh, I could have done it. But but I didn't. But you didn't. But I didn't. Yeah. And it's almost like there's alternate realities out there, like what I could have been. And we can go our whole life of what I could have been. Well, why not now? So that's, right. when I say not now, you're not going to be a professional ball player now. Oh, right? yeah. No, no, I get it. <laughs> but, but when I say, why, you know, something else, you know, yeah. what is the, yeah. the next thing? It doesn't, because life didn't take, we're so convinced that life didn't take that one path we thought it should take. That's that right. Now it's all over and there is no other path. One That's of my right. favorite things, I was always a, um, a Star Trek fan growing up, the original Star Trek. And Captain Kirk, man, I thought he was just the coolest character. And the reason being, it seemed like he never really followed the rules. He always broke the rules, always bent the rules. Interesting. E- even the Starfleet Command, there was the, the test. It was called the Kobayashi Maru. And he's the only person to ever defeat the test. It's It was made that you always failed and he defeated the test by cheating interesting he cheated and i always loved that he was always the um you know a little bit not not so much an anti-hero but just the you know he just didn't follow the rules sure but it seemed like he always did the right thing if that makes sense yeah he was he remained rigid he didn't he didn't he 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 did it his way yeah he did it his way and you know he really bent those guardrails and if saving the ship meant doing something so abstract and odd that could possibly destroy the ship, but then it was the only way to save the ship as well. And you know, it's a TV show, so it sure. always turned out it always turned out well. But it was always, you know, the last minute type of thing. And the Kobayashi Maru, I always I always remember that. Let me read. Being outnumbered, coming from behind, being low on funds, these don't have to be disadvantages. They can be gifts. Assets that make us less likely to commit suicide with a head-to-head attack. These things force us to be creative, to find workarounds, to sublimate the ego, and do anything to win besides challenging our enemies where they are strongest. These are the signs that tell us to approach from a different angle. So another force might be might have more numbers. So what do you do? You don't go right up at them. Don't look at it as in a negative it now teaches you a different way, uh, you know, a flank. We spoke about that mm-hmm. a little bit last time. That's right. Um, you know, low on funds, what does that mean? Well, be, you're going to be more conservative. You're going to focus. You're not going to go and throw all your money at something that could go out there and fail. It may be that that focus helps you identify a, a problem that was a defect in whatever you're going to produce. That's right. Um, these things can be gifts. They can be assets. You know, maybe you don't have as big of a staff Maybe you have to go at it a little slower. Well, going at it slower meant that all of a sudden the market changed and everybody else was so invested in what was going, it allowed you to make a change immediate because you hadn't invested everything in it yet. You know, there's always the person that, oh, I should have invested in this. I should have invested in that. 
you know, they'll never, they'll never talk about anything where if they invested in it, they would have lost everything. It's always the positive that we think about. And sometimes, you know, we're quite fortunate that we don't go down that road or maybe we're better off that that girl didn't say yes, that we asked to the prom. Right? <laughs> you know, all of a sudden like, Oh man, you know, cause your friend ended up going with That's her. That's exactly and, right. And, 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 you know, and he, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. And, you know, at that point you think you're the luckiest guy in the world. It's all about perspective and where That's you right. are at the, on, on the timeline. That's right. So, you know, as we, as we look at things, we only have a distorted view of what could have possibly been. And that distorted view is usually an end to the story that had no problems. An end to a life that was full of happiness and no obstacles. And we know that's unrealistic. And because it's unrealistic, it really isn't a movie that ever would have played out. Who's, who's interested in that? story yeah it's it's not a good story it's always the one where they overcome obstacles who wants to always watch a game where one team is always destroying the other team it's no fun we usually like it to be close sure or we've bet on it and we have points and the points automatically make it close sure and you start watching and it becomes exciting but otherwise a blowout is no fun. So that life, that goal, that dream that you thought was crushed, it was only a dream. And the reason it was a dream because it had no obstacles. It was the sure. easy way. It was the easy path. It never really existed. It was never really achievable in the way you were imagining it. It would have always had an obstacle and it would never end the way we exactly think it is. So with that, we start to realize that the obstacle is the way. The way I live my life is ever so important because others around me are always going to be watching. And as we learn, as we go down these paths and our, and the obstacles that we're taking in our actions, who knows where it's going to lead? Who knows how it's going to end up? So if we're only looking at the end game and ignoring everything along the, along the beginning, along the path, we miss so much of the lesson. We miss so much of life. We miss so much of other opportunities. That's right. Because maybe your big goal is really stupid. And when I say stupid is like you really believe in it, but you haven't played it out yet to see that it fails and it doesn't work. That's right. You may have all of a sudden what you believe is the next generation for, for tires whatever tires are going to be made out of. And it may sound all great, but maybe it wasn't tested out fully. And your tires are biodegradable, right? Because that's a big problem, tires sure. nowadays. What do we do with tires? Your tires are biodegradable. Oh, it's the greatest thing in the world. Biodegradable, you're telling everybody you can. You're looking for investors, biodegradable tires, biodegradable tires, next big thing, next big thing, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So they go to test them. All of a sudden, your biodegradable tire is very biodegradable. <laughs> <laughs> we, we didn't talk about how, how quickly they do it, yes, but, but yes. they are. Yeah, so they, they start falling apart. So maybe your idea really wasn't a good one. But now it starts to lead to another path. And all of a sudden, somebody says, hey, but 
you know what that product can be used for. That's right. Yes. And all of a sudden, what you had as this great idea really wasn't a good idea, but because you took action and started going down that path, it opened up an opportunity. That's right. And opened up a door. That's right. And before you know it, you've gone down a different road that you never expected. It's not the story you told yourself, but it's still a great story. I could be completely wrong, but uh, wasn't aspirin found uh, by mistake? It, it was being used for something else, or it's one of those drugs that, that, that are now uh, borderline lifesavers that this, was once used for something completely And this different. is what I hate about every time I read books, Nels, I'm not a detail person. I'm a lesson person and an object person. Mm -hmm. So I get the lesson out of it, and I always forget all the details. And this is, this is one of them. Um, as far as the aspirin story, but it sounds familiar. I, I remember um, just with statins. Statins, people don't remember it. Back in the 60s and 70s, I mean, heart disease was wiping out people left and right. All of a sudden, they came up with these statins, and the statins were uh, was a medicine that was a totally different way of thinking of controlling problems with the heart. And we don't realize it now because the problem isn't there anymore and the drugs are in use but there's literally hundreds of thousands of people every year that are not dying. That's and, right. And that's not just a statistic. Take that, take one of those people and say, this is my brother, my son, my father, my uncle, my best friend. Then it's a big difference. That's right. You know, we get so lost in humanity and the big numbers. You know, we see a war. Oh, what's the big deal? We lose casualties. We lose this. And, and I'm not a for war. I'm not against war. I understand it's necessary. But... Once we realize that, okay, it's my father, son, brother, uncle, best friend. Right. Is one of those numbers? Yes. It's not as easy to say. That's correct. At all. When it hits home, it changes. It changes. Uh, the perspective changes. The view changes. That's right. And that's what people don't realize when they decide they know everything. And, and again, as far as knowing everything, we certainly don't know everything. We're not telling you what to think. We're just telling you you need to think differently. And, and to it, think. Yeah, and to think in general. Yeah. And you don't have to think like everybody else, but think different to get where you need to be. Don't be a don't be a sheep. Don't think like us because then we're not teaching anything different. We're just saying think like us. It's not the way. We all think differently, but think different. Open your mind, use your mind, change the way you're doing things, rewrite the code that's in you. Because we spoke a little bit about code last time. Our body's on autopilot. We don't even realize it. We're that's on right. autopilot. And unless you're going to rewrite the code, you're going to keep going and uh, taking the same flight path. The same flight path that doesn't work, that just keeps on um, you know, traveling around the airport or never going to the final destination. So... In human nature, now, so it's normal for people to stay away from negative situations. Sure. There are people that enjoy arguing, and that always worries me, with th those type of people. Anybody that looks for uncomfortable situations and enjoys them, I'm not saying, like, don't, not to be entertained by them, but anybody that really seeks out conflict continually, it's just odd. It goes against human nature a little sure. bit. Sure, sure. So ordinary people shy away from negative situations. That's normal. I'm going to read a little. So they shy away from negative situations just as they do with failure. They do their best to avoid trouble. What great people do, 
listen to this, is the opposite. They are their best in these situations. Doesn't mean you need to enjoy it, though. Doesn't mean you need to be looking for conflict. Remember, balance. Balance in life. They turn personal tragedy or misfortune, really anything and everything, to their advantage. So when they see the obstacle, the natural thing to do is to avert it. And that's our, remember, that's the autopilot. That's That's the code that's in us. Ordinary people. And who are the ordinary people? The sheep. The people who are not thinking. The people who are just following everybody else. That's right. One of those shows I was was watching as they study the brain and how humans work. They're in like the Mall of America. And all they took was one of the, um, like in the movie theater, they have the velvet ropes. Yes. Right in the middle of the mall where everybody walks. All they did was take these velvet ropes and these stands and put them there. Made a little walkway. Put up a little sign. Wait here. Yeah. All of a sudden. So the first thing they did, people would walk by and stop and look. But what they did was they got an actor to be the first person to go wait. And they would wait. And they wouldn't say they were waiting for anything even. Somebody would walk by because then now somebody's in line. They can ask, well, what are you waiting for? I don't know, but it just says to wait. So I figured I'd wait and see. Before you know it, Nels, that line had to be 50, 60, 70 people deep. <laughs> That's amazing. It, it is. All That's going amazing. nowhere. That they is been, amazing. I, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but they could have been going to the slaughterhouse for all yeah, they knew. that's exactly right. And But that's the human psyche. Let me not think. But there, somebody else has gone that way? Oh, it must be okay. I don't have to think. Somebody else is thinking for me. Now it's the mob mentality. There's multiple people here. So other people are going to do it too. It takes away a little bit of my accountability, a little bit of my responsibility, a little bit of me saying it's my fault. Because I can say, oh, I was just following this guy. So ordinary people are sheep. Ordinary people do shy away from negative things. And if you are okay being like everybody else, then first of all, you're not even listening to this episode. Right, right. You're not even listening to this because this is not for you. I'm I'm honestly amazed by that concept. I'm just wondering. I'm I'm stuck on a thought and it's and it's you know how many of those people showed up to buy something at the mall and just found <laughs> themselves on the line waiting waiting <laughs> waiting. It's amazing. I I can sometimes come across negative when I have to share with people around me my observations like if I hear talk going on and I'll say to my wife or anybody I'm with I'm like what are they talking about? Do they realize what they're saying? Do they realize how stupid they sound? What are they even talking for? What is even making their lips move? Is it just a diarrhea of the brain or the mouth that they feel they have to say something instead of something intelligent? So they end up sounding so stupid. And I am so stupefied that I have to sit there and comment on it that I, it does come across as me being negative, and I really don't want that to be. I, I really want somebody to try and explain what is going on in that person's mind that is making their mouth run without a filter, uncontrollably, with no thought, and gliding along 
in total bliss. I think you, this is probably down the road, if, if, if not there already, but you, you stumbled onto something which is a, a topic uh, in and of itself, and, and I, I liken it to who we have in our circle and and uh individuals that that we have conversations with and you know to to peel it back even just a a bit is what kind of conversations are we having are we just having conversation or is there a direction behind it is there a purpose uh more importantly uh and 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 i think that we can delineate you know uh, that the mumbo jumbo where it's just, you know, lips moving and words coming out where they're not really going anywhere. It's, it's just a lot of, it's like a, it's like an ad, you know, it's yeah, like an yeah. ad when, when that means, that means nothing, you know? Uh, and, and, uh, and I think that's, uh, that's, that's very interesting. Very loaded, very loaded. Yeah, or they just have to hear themselves talk world. <laughs> Let me read in many battles in as in life, the two opposing forces will often reach a point of mutual exhaustion. I think of um, MMA fights or box at the boxing ring. And again, anybody to be critical. Every, what's everybody in the audience doing? Hit him, hit him, hit him. Yeah, it's real easy to say when you're not you're getting not hit the one in and there. you're not tired That's and exhausted. Right. Oh my goodness. You can get on a wrestling mat 30 seconds in, you're half dead. And these guys are beating each other up in the MMA. They're five minute rounds that's right uh, i mean just exhausting or in the boxing ring forget about it so in any many battles in life the two opposing forces will often reach a point of mutual exhaustion it's the one who rises the next morning after a long day of fighting and rallies instead of re retreating the one who says i intend to attack and whip them right here and now who will carry victory home intelligently in the boxing ring it's it's really the guy who doesn't quit Right. And quite often, does it all go with training? Absolutely, with conditioning. All that was laid in. But at some point, it's just that mental fortitude. Primal, almost. Yeah, that just stays in and says, I am not giving up. You know, that's where you have your rocky moments. That's exactly right. You know, where Apollo Creed just looks and says, what, what is this? Is this, is this guy human? There's an opportunity somewhere. So there's all these opportunities, but it's, once again, our perception is so important. Our perception can make us scared, but once we have the right perception, we're ready to act, right? We learn that our perceptions can be managed, our actions can be directed. We need to start thinking clearly, respond creatively, look for opportunity, Seize the initiative. What we can't do is control the world around us. That's right. That's where people will complain. That's right. But we can control ourselves. I'm going to read on a little bit more. At least not as much as we'd like. We might perceive things well, then act rightly, and fail anyway. Wow. But nothing can prevent us from trying. That's right. And that's okay. Yeah. We don't control the world around us. And we always think as the world is so stagnant and stiff, but it's really very 
elastic. Anything that blocks your path is now presenting a new path. If someone you love hurts you, it's a chance to protect to practice forgiveness. Right. And ultimately, this really wasn't the person that was for you. If maybe there's nothing else you can do for yourself, but what about for others? Sure. Problems, and it quotes Duke Ellington. He had said, problems are a chance for us to do our best. And that's when you see what people are really made of, not when things are good. Although you give people a ton of money, you'll see what they're made of, unfortunately. Sure. But when things are bad, that's when you see what a real friend is. I was thinking a lot the other day, you know, what is a friend? And we think of friends that we've had. And this is just, and I'm just talking out loud and bounce it off. You want to get some feedback. If I say a friend that I used to have, were they ever a friend? If it didn't last, was it really a friendship? And then again, what is a real friendship? Because isn't a friendship, we, we, accept some, we, we expect something reciprocal. We expect that person to be for me, there for me, I'm there for them. It's always something, that friendship, I'm always getting something out of it. And if we think a friend is just somebody that's always there for me, and that's my perception of a friend, then you'll hear that. Oh, a friend is somebody there, it's always there for me. Well, that friendship isn't going to last that long because you think they're always there for you. That's right. Once, and that's what happens in a lot of relationships, and that's what got me thinking about friendships, is sometimes when they get out of balance and we think that I'm not getting my fair amount out of this friendship relationship, that it starts to drift apart. So as I was thinking about friendship a, a little bit is, you know, is, is it only a friendship if the person is still there at the end of, end of your life, or was it not a friendship? We could say the same thing about a love, right? I love the person at that time. I still love them in a different way. Sure. But if it didn't really last, was it really that love? And maybe this is a little too philosophical. I don't know. Just, again, me thinking a little too much. If you have something to say on the matter, feel free to. But that was just me thinking a little bit, and it probably explains why I don't have too many friends also. (laughs) (laughs) As we close down today's episode of, you know, we, we started off with our perspective We've covered today on acting, and it's really a model for life. All of the episodes have been just little things that we take out of it. If you try to live by what we're saying, it doesn't work. You just got to, because then it's a bunch of rules and regulations. All we're saying is real simple from everything. We're bringing up things so people start to examine themselves. Yes. Recognize, yeah, I do do that. Yeah, that is me. How do I get back control? Um, very simple, very similar to, you know, in the in the Matrix and waking up Keanu Reeves and showing him what is really going on. That's right. And then he had to make a decision. That's right. Right? Which pill to swallow. That's right. If you remember that. That's right. And the same thing. We're just showing our audience just the fallacies of the way we think, the errors of the way we think, how we think, how our operating system runs, and just saying, just think different. Use what you have and start thinking. We all have that common sense. Rewrite the code and start doing things differently. It's the only way to be different. Otherwise, we're going to live the same life over 
and over and over and over. Anything you want to add, Nils? Uh, just a couple of things. We talked about perfect conditions not existing. And, and this is true no matter what you do uh, in your lives every day. Remember that if there were perfect conditions in what you do, whether you're a service person or you're a healthcare provider or, or you're an administrator or you're an accountant, anywhere, if, if there was no need for you, you, you wouldn't have a profession. You wouldn't have a job no matter what it is. It's, it's not your end all. It doesn't have to be. Maybe you're happy, which is okay also. But if perfect conditions existed, there would be no need for you and, and there would be no need for us by definition. And so, you know, uh, take that with you. One other thing I just wanted to share is, is one of my personal uh, life philosophies is, is work hard. But at the same time, don't forget to, to enjoy the journey. Balance. There's, there's a balance. And, 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 I'll, and I'll use uh, Ferris Bueller. You know, he said uh, something along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing now, you know, life comes at you fast. You know, and if you don't stop and look around, you might miss it. Yeah. So, so let's, 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 uh, let's think about what's important. So to our friends, to our audience out there, uh, thank you for listening as always. Thank you for putting up with my uh, rambling moments. And as always, think different, be different if you want to make a difference. Until next time, think different, be different, make a difference. And as always, we welcome your comments and feedback and questions we uh, can be found at Thinking Man Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course the website thinkingmanpodcast.com. Look forward to hearing from you.